On this episode of Fantasy NFL Today, we have the week five NFL preview. Just another fantastic jam-packed Friday episode. Start them, sit them, lock it up. The return of the boss. You definitely will not want to miss the most fun and electrifying episode on these Fridays. We have a lot to get to, and it all starts now. Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today, presented by HoopBall. Today is Friday, October 8th. I am your host, Anthony Germain, and you can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Talking Sunday, all one word. And again, this is my favorite episode of the week where we break down our best stardom sit-ems. We have our Lock It Up segment where I'll give you my top five picks against the NFL spread in the Vegas market. If you're into it, you won't want to miss that. And then I bring on my very special guest each and every Friday, the boss, Nikki Bada Bing, to give you his top three picks as well. So let's get to it. We have a lot to get to. Let's start with the week five stardom sit-ems. And again, these stardom sit-ems are not the obvious guys. I'm not going to tell you to start Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to tell you to start Tyreek Hill. That is the obvious thing to do. What I will do is give you some starters that might be still available on the free agent list floating around on the waiver wire or, or just somebody you might even have stashed on your bench that you haven't even started yet this season. I'm giving you good opportunities, good outs for maybe some of the starters that have those tough matches and you don't really want to start we're going to give you those kind of guys so with that let's get to it my favorite quarterback starts of the week is quarterback joe burrow the cincinnati bengals this is the first time i'm recommending to start them and it's against the green bay packers this is the strangest line i've seen on the board all week with the bengals being a two and a half point underdog at home against the packers I know the Bengals are 3-1, and one, but they're still the Bengals. How the hell are they under a field goal underdog to the Green Bay Packers? What does Vegas know that we don't? This has Bengals victory written all over it, and I'm willing to say that Joe Burrow is about to have an epic game against this Green Bay Packers defense. That Packers secondary is extremely banged up, and Burrow gets wide receiver T. Higgins back to give that wide receiver core full strength again. Let's go ahead and gamble on Burrow in a game with a total that sits at 50 and a half points, meaning that it should be somewhat of a high scoring game. So in this particular situation, I think the payoff will be worth the gamble here in this spot. So let's go ahead and fire up Burrow. My second favorite quarterback start of the week is Captain Kirk Cousins of the Minnesota Vikings. One bad week and everyone is ready to bail on the captain, huh? He finished as the quarterback 14-6-5 through the first three weeks before putting up a stinker, an absolute stinker against a really, really good Cleveland Browns defense in week four. Listen, the Browns are a good team. 
So he put up a stinker. So what? Remember, Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Browns, has spent many, many years as a coach, whether it was positional coach, assistant head coach, whatever it was, many, many years with the Minnesota Vikings before becoming the Cleveland Browns head coach. He knows Mike Zimmer. He knows Kirk Cousins. He knows the Vikings. The stinker makes sense. But this week, we should see the Kirk Cousins we saw from weeks one through three because suddenly he has bumped into the Detroit Lions and everyone seems to have their way against this Lions defense. So go ahead and fire up Kirk Cousins as he dishes that ball out consistently to wide receiver Adam Thielen and wide receiver Justin Jefferson. My third and favorite quarterback start of the week is quarterback Sam Darnold of the Carolina Panthers. Look, I may have been wrong about the Philadelphia Eagles, but I'm not willing to accept that reality yet. And I still think the pieces are there for those Eagles to succeed on offense. But this team is extremely banged up. And the coaching for the Philadelphia Eagles is the real problem when you watch this team. The team just looks unprepared at times and makes foolish decisions way too often, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I know the Philadelphia Eagles played the Kansas City Chiefs last week, but they got absolutely shredded like it was nothing. And this defense can't stop anyone. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the tight end. And they're getting shredded on the back end. I really like the Panthers in a bounce back spot after that blunder in Dallas. And I think Sam Darnold and his favorite target, DJ Moore, are on deck for a big game. So let's go ahead and start Sam Darnold. My favorite sits for the week are quarterback Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers. I know Trey Lance came in when Jimmy G went down with the injury and threw 157 yards and two touchdowns. It looks good on paper. When you look at the stat box, it looks great. But 76 of those passing yards came off an extremely bad Really bad blown coverage for a long Debo Samuel touchdown. So if you take out the blown coverage, 76-yard passing touchdown, Trey Lance had only passed for 81 yards in that game. And to me, he doesn't look good. He doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. He looks like a playmaker. He looks athletic and do all that fancy stuff. But when it comes to throwing the ball, his mechanics look very very sloppy the kid doesn't look ready at all and that's very worrisome for me you would think that Kyle Shanahan going up to draft this kid at pick number two that he would look better at this point but he just doesn't just go back and watch the highlights from that game that ball that was thrown to a wide open Debo Samuel nobody was around him no corners no safety it was the easiest completion I've seen in the NFL in a long time and the ball was underthrown. Debo Samuel had to stop catch the ball, and then sprint to the end zone for the 76 yards. The kid is not ready. He's not accurate. His mechanics are sloppy. Beware. If this game gets out of control, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot to keep up with this Arizona Cardinals offense. And a lot of throwing from rookie quarterback Trey Lance can lead to a lot of interceptions. So just beware and keep Trey Lance on your bench. Let's see him play out a little bit more before we can confidently start him in our lineups. My second and last quarterback sit of the week is quarterback Jameis Winston of the New Orleans Saints, a preseason favorite darling that has turned back into the Winston pumpkin we all have known him to be. And this actually doesn't have to do anything with the Washington football 
defense being good because clearly that is not the case. The Washington football defense has not lived up to those expectations at all. This has everything to do with head coach Sean Payton limiting the amount of times the quarterback throws the ball. Winston has only thrown the ball 23 times or less in each of the games he has started this season. And again, we are now seeing more and more Taysom Hill come in during those goal lines slash red zone plays, taking away the scoring opportunities from Winston. This limits Winston's fantasy upside. And for those reasons along, we have to keep him on our benches and possibly cut him at this point. So before I get to my favorite running back starts and sits, I would like to go ahead and do a little side note here and tell you that if running back Chris Evans of the Cincinnati Bengals or running back Khalil Herbert of this of the Chicago Bears are still available, still around on your waiver wire or floating around on your free agent list, go ahead and stash them if you can. If you have players on your team that you're willing to cut ties with, I would recommend going ahead and stashing these two. We all know that David Montgomery on the Bears is out for four, four to five weeks. And now the starter is Damian Harris, who happens to be banged up as well. He has a severely bruised thigh. And if anything were to happen to him going forward during these next four to five weeks, rookie running back Khalil Herbert from Virginia Tech would step in at this point. He was actually rated as one of the better running backs coming out in this draft class. He just happens to be buried behind two really good running backs in David Montgomery and uh, and Damian Williams. So if he gets that opportunity to become a lead back at any point, he's a good stash. And then the rookie running back, Chris Evans from Michigan, is also a good stash because Joe Mixon is banged up. He's still questionable for this game on Sunday, and I don't think he's going to make it through the season with the amount of volume they give him, and he just has a history of always being hurt. They're going to tell you that Samaje Pirine is the, is the starting running back, but this guy is slower than molasses. He is an absolute plotter. He is not going to lead the Bengals' backfield at all. The guy that is going to be given the most opportunity opportunity is going to be the rookie running back Chris Evans so let's go ahead and stash both these two so on to my favorite starts for running backs we're going to start with running back Kareem Hunt of the Cleveland Browns I feel like I shouldn't have to say this anymore but some fantasy players may be hesitant to start him since he's technically the backup running back for the Cleveland Browns Hunt currently sits though as the RB9 overall in half point PPR leagues which is three spots higher than the starter Nick Chubb just absolutely incredible now, the Chargers have given up 95 or more rushing yards to running backs this season and have actually been welcoming teams to run the ball. Well, I got news for them. This is the wrong team to do that on as the Cleveland Browns are one of the best running teams in the league and have one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the league. They are no joke. I expect Hunt to continue his rampage on the league, staying hot as he continues to produce points for your fantasy team. My second favorite start of the week is running back Damian Harris of the New England Patriots, and he's been quiet over the past two games, and I know it's hard to predict when a Patriot running back will break out, but this one has Harris stank all over it. Unfortunately, the Patriots face the New Orleans Saints and Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the last two weeks, who are both pretty good against the run. But let's not forget about his production in the first two weeks. In week one against the Miami Dolphins, he went for 100 rushing yards. And in week two against the New York Jets, he went for 62 rushing yards, but punched it in for a touchdown. Well, just look at who they bump into this week. The Patriots get the pathetic Houston Texans with Davis Mills at the quarterback helm 
and the spread for this game is nine points with a 39 point total implying that this game should be a new england patriots blowout if that's the case look for the new england patriots to run the ball all goddamn day long and that is music to our fantasy ears if you're a damian harris manager so let's go ahead and fire him up my third and final start at running back is running back jd mckissick slash jarrett patterson who let me explain because there's breaking news running back antonio gibson of the washington football team has a stress fracture in his shin bone but will plan to play through it excuse me what does that even mean i don't care how optimistic the team wants to be about this but i'm not sure how an nfl running back can play at high peak performance with a stress fracture in your shin even if he can even if he plays can he still run at full speed can he still cut on a dime will he still be the same electric player probably not for this game alone, I like J.D. McKissick's chances to get the bulk of the carries and receptions out of the backfield. And I'm curious to see, because if it's not him, if the team doesn't let J.D. McKissick get the bulk of the carries, it's going to be the rookie running back out of Buffalo, Jarrett Patterson. I'm not telling you to start Patterson by any means, but I'm telling you to go out there and pick him up before we get to the waiver wire next week and you have to blow all of your fab on him. Patterson was a very, very productive running back in college, rushing for just under 3,900 rushing yards and 53 touchdowns for the Bulls. 53 touchdowns, 3,900 rushing yards. You heard that right. If this injury hinders Antonio Gibson to the point where he's hurting the team or Gibson furthers the injury, we'll certainly see Patterson get a larger and larger role because McKissick isn't built to be a starting bell cow running back. So for this game alone, I like J.D. McKissick to get a lot of points, but for the future, do yourself a favor and go out and get the rook. My favorite sits for the week is running back Miles Sanders of the Philadelphia Eagles. I was down on Sanders all summer long and fought countless people on Twitter over this. Miles Sanders just isn't that good and the Eagles aren't running the ball as much as they should. But Sanders isn't getting the ball enough in this offense and when he does, he isn't doing much with it. On top of all this, he's being outproduced by rookie running back Kenneth Gainwell in both the run game and the pass game. Last week against the Chiefs, Gainwell averaged 10.3 yards per carry and caught six passes out of the backfield for 58 yards. We'll probably continue to see a split back committee for a little while longer, but the more opportunity Gainwell gets, I think the kid might run away with the job. Don't forget, budding superstar Antonio Gibson over in Washington was made to play wide receiver in college because Kenny Gainwell was the better running back in college on the Memphis Tigers. And we've all seen how crazy good Gibson has been over the last year. It's just a matter of when, not if, but I think it's happening a lot quicker than people want to realize. So let's keep Sanders on our bench. And if you're a Sanders manager, I would highly recommend to do whatever you can to package him in a trade and get back whatever you can before it's too late. My second favorite sit of the week is Samaji P. Ryan. Don't be fooled. Don't waste your time. This guy stinks to the high heavens. I know Joe Mixon is banged up. He might not play. And even if he does, they might take it easy on him. But this isn't the guy. He's slow. He's an absolute plotter. And he's on his fourth team 
in four years being in the league. He's not the guy you want to have on your roster, and I'm sorry if you wasted your fab on him, but you made a big mistake. The guy you want to own, again, we were already talking about him, is the rookie running back Chris Evans out of Michigan. Now, I'm not sure how good he'll be even given the chance. His college stats are not that impressive, to be honest. But again, he's the guy that will have the most opportune chance to break out. The Bengals line still isn't getting better overnight. So it's going to still be a challenge for any running back that gets the nod, but at least Chris Evans offers that upside that we're always looking for in fantasy. That's all you really want in your stashes on your bench. Upside. Don't settle for the plotter. Don't settle for the guy that's listed the starter. You always want to stash upside, and that's exactly what Chris Evans gives you, even if it never pans out. My final sit of the week at the running back position is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of the Kansas City Chiefs. We were about to slap the bus tag on him after two weeks of football, but my man has bounced back in a huge way the following two weeks. He's gained over 100 all-purpose yards against the Los Angeles Chargers and the Philadelphia Eagles over that two-week span. But we have a big problem here because now the Chiefs welcome in the Buffalo Bills who own one of the best defenses in the league, and we have one of the biggest games on the Sunday night football stage that I am so pumped about. But this is a big problem for the running back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The Bills defense is no joke as they have literally shut down every single running back that they have faced all season long outside of Antonio Gibson's 73-yard touchdown off of a pass. Everyone else has been shut down. I still really like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the season. We've talked about in the past how Andy Reid running backs never really hit, and he's been a little bit of a rocky project for us all here in the fantasy world, but I still like him on the season. It's just a very bad matchup this weekend that should be dominated all through the air on both sides of these offenses. Probably be a big shootout. At least that's what we're all hoping for. So let's curb Clyde Edwards-Hilaire just for this week. My favorite starts for the wide receiver this week. Let's go ahead and start wide receiver Jamison Crowder of the New York Jets. In fact, let's start all New York Jets wide receiver because I believe they're about to take the training wheels off of quarterback Zach Wilson, and it's all coming at the perfect time against the poorest Atlanta Falcons defense. Just absolute trash of a secondary. Now, I especially like Jamison Crowder because he's been a low-key fantasy stud over the seasons. Absolutely reliable and demands a high amount of targets each and every year. In his first game back with the New York Jets last week against the Titans, he didn't skip a beat. He provided a much-needed spark on the offense, accumulating nine targets for 61 yards and even a touchdown. Nine targets and the Falcons defense is all I needed to hear to confidently start Crowder across the pond in London. My second favorite start of the week at the wide receiver position is T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. But just like the Jets wide receivers, I think we're going to start all Bengals wide receivers against this heavily injured Packers secondary Higgins is coming back from a two game absence and provides a much needed red zone target for Burrow as he scored in both games that he started in weeks one and two. Now healthy, I'm expecting Higgins to dominate target shares in the offense. And let's not forget how good he was during training camp. Everybody seems to forget about players when they're injured or they haven't played for a couple weeks. 
this is why you see a lot of my sleepers hitting like Debo Samuel, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks. People forget about these guys from time to time. So don't forget about how good T. Higgins is. Don't forget about his potential. He still is at the current moment the Bengals number one option. I know Jamar Chase has been on fire lately, but he's also been thrusted into that role with Higgins on the sideline. But like I said, I like all of these wide receivers this weekend, so let's go ahead and fire them all up, especially if Joe Mixon misses this game. If Mixon misses this game, that running game in general is probably in trouble, which is going to force the Bengals to keep throwing that ball out and keep up with the Packers offense. So let's start all of them. My third and final favorite wide receiver to start is Jacoby Myers of the New England Patriots. I recommend that we start Myers last week, and we got 12 targets, 8 catches, and 70 yards from the New England Alpha wideout. Although he didn't score, we have to assume that that will eventually come, but either way, that amount of volume is exactly what we're looking for in fantasy football. Everything else should follow as long as we continue to get that amount of targets. The yards should continue to come, and the touchdowns should eventually come as well. This week, the Patriots get those lowly, lowly, pathetic Houston Texans, and just like we discussed with Damian Harris, they're a nine-point favorite with a 39-point total, which alludes to a Pats blowout. Even with a run-heavy scripted game for the Pats, Myers should still be the New England Patriots' number one target, and until that volume decreases or comes down, keep firing up Jacoby Myers. My favorite sits of the week are wide receiver Deontay Johnson. I recommended that everyone avoid every single one of these Pittsburgh receivers all summer long. And in the grand scheme of things, it looks like it might have been good advice. Ben Roethlisberger is clearly in a free fall of decline. Father time has caught up. And this Pittsburgh offense is just a freaking mess. I took some heat for that take. But what I saw from this Steelers offense toward the end of last season was not good. And they didn't do anything really to change it except add Najee Harris. And now the Steelers run into a very stout and tough Denver Broncos defense with really good corners that should be able to shut this Pittsburgh offense down. Like the Patriots and Texans game we just talked about, the total for this game is also very low, implying that there won't be much scoring. I expect a complete slobber knocker game from both of these offenses, so go ahead and keep Deontay Johnson and all these Pittsburgh wide receivers on your bench. Speaking of the Broncos and Steelers game, let's go ahead and keep Broncos wide receiver Cortland Sutton on your bench as well. For all the same reasons we're keeping the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers on our bench, we're going to keep the Denver Broncos wide receivers on your bench. I know Teddy Bridgewater is back in the mix, but the Steelers defense will be bringing the heat all game long and two gloves Teddy can't move. On top of all of this, Cortland Sutton sprained his ankle during Friday's practice. It's just too risky, and there are plenty of options out there to plug in another wide receiver with a better matchup. There's always wide receivers to plug in no matter what time of the season. We can always find wide receivers. Hashtag robust running back draft strategy. My only favorite start of the week at tight end is Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys. And as long as wide receiver Michael Gallup remains injured... 
Dalton Schultz will continue to see volume. And he now has one of the best matchups this weekend against the New York Giants. Schultz received more targets than both Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb last week against the Panthers. And I think he has potential to be that breakout tight end this year in fantasy football. So go ahead and fire up Dalton Schultz if you happen to get him off the waiver wire either this week or last week. You were very lucky. Go ahead and fire him up. All right, and now it's time for the picks against the spread as we try to smash the books and cash those tickets. It's my favorite segment of the week, and although we are still off to a very rocky start, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very, very frustrated. I'm very disappointed in my own picks this, this year so far. We are not off to a good start. We had another disappointing two and three week last week in week four we were two and two going into the Monday night football game and we had the Raiders against the Chargers and the Raiders are one of the most frustrating teams I'm all, I'm getting mad just you know thinking about that game again the offense is so freaking undisciplined John Gruden does not know how to get his team in line the defense continues to show up the defense continues to play very well but the offense just keeps doing so many boneheaded things it's so frustrating but that is what you get when you take the Las Vegas Raiders so anyway it's a brand new week and we are going to get to the picks because right now it is time to lock it up you better lock it up you better lock it up no you lock it up lock it up lock it up lock it up Welcome to our brand new segment called Lock It Up. And if you are in the betting market, this is the segment you won't want to miss. I'll be giving you my top five picks each and every week against the spread. And I'll also be posting all of my picks to my Twitter account at the Talking Sunday handle where you can follow along all season long. So just to review last week, again, we finished two and three. Very disappointing, but more frustrating. I can't tell you enough how frustrating this process has been. I know it's very early. I know I preached to take it easy in the beginning but I'm starting to get a little frustrated and maybe it's you know maybe it's premature maybe we're gonna pick up some steam here that's the hope that's the goal but it's still very frustrating being five weeks into football so just to review real quick we had the Jets plus eight as a winner the Jets ended up winning the game outright so if anybody took the money line on that super congratulations another winner that we had was the Bears minus two and a half that line I thought was way too low and if you follow me on Twitter I tweeted out that if you were feeling frisky to take the Bears minus six and a half that was giving you odds plus 155 as a, as an alternative line and that also covered but you were only able to get that if you follow me on Twitter our losers were the Carolina Panthers plus five the New Orleans Saints minus the seven and a half that lost outright to the Giants after being up by nine or 11 late in the game and then again the Las Vegas Raiders give us the loss with the plus three and a half bringing the overall total to seven and 13 which is only hitting at a 38% clip so not great not great at all but we are not giving up on this pod we are only one quarter through football so if we're looking at this like a football game we're just down in the first quarter we still have three quarters of football to play who doesn't love a good underdog story and i'm looking to start the turnaround right here in week five so with that let's get to my top five picks of the week All right, number one, my first lock of the week is the New York Jets plus two and a half. I was able to get this game at Jets plus three and a half on Tuesday when the line was first available, but I still love it here at two and a half. 
I keep telling everyone that Zach Wilson is good. He just needs some time to advance to the speed of the NFL game and maybe play a defense that's not the Panthers, Patriots, or Broncos. We just saw last week how good Zach Wilson can be or how capable he can be against a soft Tennessee Titans defense that was giving up 28 points per week. Wilson completed 21 passes for 297 yards and two touchdowns. He did have an interception, but hey, it's an improvement from what we've seen. This week, the Jets fly all the way across the pond for a very early game against the Atlanta Falcons, who are giving up 32 points per game, softer than that Tennessee Titans defense. On top of all of this, the Falcons will be without star, and I use that term in quotes, star wide receiver Calvin Ridley, leaving Atlanta with Tom, Dick, and Harry to catch the ball. I really think that this might be the beginning to the Jets getting that swagger, to the Jets being that surprise that I kept saying all summer long that they might surprise people. I think just like with a lot of rookie head coaches and a lot of new pieces in the mix, it takes a while to gel. Look at the Jaguars just last week. They looked more like a formidable team. Sometimes it takes a few weeks to get it together, and I think a little confidence can go a long way for a rookie quarterback, and it looks like Zach Wilson might be getting those training wheels taken off. So take the Jets plus any points as they come away from this one, which what I think will be an outright winner against these sloppy birds in London. My second lock of the week is the Carolina Panthers minus three. Look, I'm not ready to admit that I was wrong about these Philadelphia Eagles just yet. They've been dealing with massive injuries along the offensive line, and it looks like Lane Johnson will be out with a personal issue again this week. On top of all of that, this Eagles defense just cannot stop anyone. They can't stop the run, and they've been getting shredded on the back end in the secondary week in and week out. Last week, we took the Panthers against the Cowboys, and I thought they actually played well but made stupid mistakes along the way before the game got out of hand. Now, Carolina comes home, and I think they right the ship against this Eagles team dealing with the cluster injuries and just the really, really poor coaching. And that is the biggest issue I see with this Eagles team. With a rookie coaching staff, they look lost and confused at times, and it's costing this team wins. If Carolina wants to keep place for a playoff spot with their division Tampa Bay Buccaneers breathing down their necks, they better find out a way to beat these Eagles at home on Sunday. The Eagles cannot generate pressure, which means that the one-read quarterback, Sam Darnold, should have plenty of time to find his guy, DJ Moore, all day long. I know Chuba Hubbard hasn't looked great, but he won't need to be great against the team that constantly gets gashed on the ground week in and week out. I have this game pegged as Carolina minus five if the game were to be played on a neutral field, which is more than the minus three that the books are offering, and that, again, is on a neutral field. Now add in a little for playing in Charlotte, and we're looking at these Panthers winning comfortably by six or seven. So let's lay the three and keep on pounding. My third lock of the week is the Cincinnati Bengals plus three. Does anyone else think that this is the strangest line of the week? And you're about to hear the boss's opinion on this game next, but sometimes I record that segment before my own. After giving this one much thought, I found myself on the side of the Tigers, and I'm sticking to it. 
I know it's against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, but who have they really beaten? That's all that impressive. The Steelers, who are an absolute mess this year. The 49ers, who almost mounted an epic comeback against them. The Detroit Lions, and they got smacked around by the New Orleans Saints in week one. On top of all of this, there's a perfect storm brewing between the injured Packers secondary versus the now full-strength Bengals wide receiver core. The Bengals get back a healthy T. Higgins after a two-game absence, and this game might not be the shootout everyone's expecting because the Bengals defense has quietly been a force giving up only 19 points per game and no one is talking about it. Meanwhile, on the other hand, the Packers defense has been giving up 25 points per game. I know this one seems scary, but again, it's usually the scary bets that cash those tickets. So take the Jungle Cats and let's hope that Hippie Rogers ate a little too many shrooms the night before. My fourth lock of the week is the Chicago Bears plus five and a half. And the day has finally come because Justin Fields has officially been announced the starting quarterback for the Bears. And I think he'll continue to improve off his performance against the Lions last week. If you follow me on Twitter, again, I tweeted out the Bears minus six and a half alternative line. And we were fortunate enough to cash that. And I'm hoping we can continue to ride this Bears train through this week. The Raiders are back to being one of the most frustrating and undisciplined teams, at least on offense, under head coach John Gruden. And I'm pretty sure that their, that their rookie tackle, Alex Leatherwood, leads the league in false starts. If I see him jump off sides or false start again, I'm going to pull all of my hair out of my head. And speaking of John Gruden, the Raiders now have a newfound distraction from Gruden's old emails back in 2011. Say what you will about people going back and digging up old emails or old tweets to target them now. Everyone has their own opinion about it. My point of it is that it's nonetheless, it is a distraction similar to the Urban Meyer distraction in Jacksonville. A distraction is a distraction. I expect the Raiders offense to continue to be penalized on a consistent basis and keep making those bone hit and keep making those boneheaded decisions as the game plays out. The Raiders defense does scare me, but at least Fields has the wheels to escape and make the plays he needs to. I think this game is close, but I love this number at five and a half for the cover. So let's go ahead and take the points on the roads for the Bears. My fifth and final lock of the week is the Cleveland Browns plus two. I'll admit that this is a tough one to take, but it is another line that jumped out at me when I initially scanned the board. All we're hearing in the media now is how good the Chargers are and how Justin Herbert is now suddenly a better quarterback than quarterback Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. Everyone freaking relax and pump the brakes. I swear to God, we live in the most knee-jerk reaction world of all time. Remember, we touched on this earlier. The Browns, the Cleveland Browns are a good football team, and I'm expecting a tightly contested battle in this one. The thing I like most about this is that the Cleveland Browns should be able to run the ball at free will against this Chargers defense, who is again inviting teams to run against them. That is going to get this Chargers team in trouble because now they have to face Nick Chubb and Kareem the Dream Hunt. Yes, Baker Mayfield has a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder, but I'm not worried about it at all. They did what they had to do against the Minnesota Vikings last week, and I think they'll do the same against these Los Angeles Chargers who are also coming off short Monday night football rest. 
I like the Cleveland Browns defense more than the Los Angeles Chargers defense, but this is my least favorite pick of the week because I hate betting against the hot team, and that's exactly what the Chargers are. I had a hard time picking out five solid picks for this week on a very tough board, but whenever a line jumps out at me like this one does, I hop all over it and just see where the ride takes me. So for my fifth and final pick, I'm going to lock in the Cleveland Browns plus two. All right, well, those are my top five lock it up picks for the week. And just to review, that is the New York Jets plus two and a half, Carolina Panthers minus three, Cincinnati Bengals plus three, Chicago Bears plus five and a half, and the Cleveland Browns plus two. Again, it's been a very rough start. We are only hitting at 38%. But again, I still don't care what anybody thinks. Eventually, the tides will turn. We will go on a heater at some point. And when that happens, we have to make sure we hammer it home. We have to make sure we up our units at that time when the heater starts so we get ahead of the game. We hit the profits. We hit the money back. So again, rough start, but there are sunny days coming, I promise. And with that, it is now time for the boss. All right, you know what that music means. We welcome back the boss man, Nikki Bada Bing. And after getting back on track, going 4-0 in week three, the wheels have come off the wagon again. And all I can say is I'm frustrated. I am frustrated beyond belief at this point, and I know it's early. We've only seen four weeks of football, but that means we're one quarter of the way through, and it seems like every one step forward, we go two steps backwards. And I'm not just talking about the boss's picks. This includes my lock it up picks as well. So, boss man, first off, welcome back to the show. We unfortunately closed out week four with the goose egg, the 0 3, bringing the overall official record back down from the even 500 to 5 and 8. That's now a 38% success rate, which happens to be my exact success rate as well, the 38%. It sucks, and I'm frustrated, and it's starting to, you know, become unsettling. Well, I, I hear you on the frustration level. Um, no question about it. However, you know, I'm going to try and find the silver lining and tell you, you know, eliminate weeks one and two. Weeks three and four, hey, I'm four and three. So trying to find the silver lining, um, you're, you, you got the right word. It's frustrating as hell, uh, but it's only week four. Uh, we got week five coming up starting tonight, Thursday night. And, um, you know, it's a tough card again this week. Uh, overall, I, I really had trouble finding um, three games that I could use as a lock it up. But um, I found three, and um, I'm very confident in them. Yeah, sorry. I was having a little bit of technical difficulties there. There was a little bit of static on the on the line. I think I fixed it, though. But I agree with you on the let's just eliminate the weeks one and two. And I know that's not fair. People will probably complain and say, yeah, well, you know, in today's world, we can do whatever we want. But we did say how difficult it was through weeks one, through week one and two, especially, um, you know, I was really, really hoping that that week four was going to be the, the, the big one. But, you know, we're, we're, we'll get it. We'll get along here. We'll get trucking. But let's review the losers from last week because I always like to go back and review. Maybe we find something we did wrong. 
The first one was the Minnesota Vikings plus the two. You know, that was one of our home dogs. We love the home dogs here. They bark, bark, bark. But this home dog put his tail between his legs and went home. It was just an absolutely <laughs> brutal, brutal game. Um, but you know what? Honestly, this was this game was everything we could have asked for. If I told you before we took the Minnesota Vikings against the Browns that the Browns were only going to score one touchdown this game and only accumulate 14 points by the end of the game, we would have both shipped the mortgage on this game. Okay. The Browns scored one touchdown early, and then the Browns got a two-point conversion and then field goals for the rest of the game to get to that 14. And then right. Baker Mayfield also had a terrible game, only completed 15 passes for 155 yards and zero, but somehow we lose this game with the final 14-7 to seven Cleveland Browns win the game. Yeah, that was uh, very disappointing, Minnesota at home. I expected a much uh, better effort from them they 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 did defensively now whether that was mini's defense or um you know baker sucking mm -hmm. um uh you know i you know kirk cousins laid an egg that, that 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 was the real problem uh for me and my assessment of uh what happened there mini and home um should have been much stronger than you know a seven pointer yeah, I think the coaches on both sides, the Stefanski and Zimmer, they know each other so well. I think that's probably why we saw the low-scoring game that we saw. You know, Zimmer especially, he's a huge defensive coach. But yeah. the offenses, man, I just was not expecting that at all. 14-7 to with these two. You know, you got Dalvin Cook, he ended up playing. You got Jefferson and Thielen and Odell Beckham and Nick Chubb. Like it was just, I was just waiting for this offensive game and it just never happened. So, you know, like we, I think we said one of these weeks, you know, got to pay attention to that, to that off, you know, them, them coaches like that. And um, uh, that, that detail escaped me, like you said, about Stefanski and, and Zimmer knowing each other so well, you know, we missed an opportunity there to get on the hardest bet there is and, you know, which is betting the under in a game. Yeah, so, it's just uh, the the amount of things you almost have to remember when you bet. It's almost like a golf swing. You know, it's like remember to keep the uh, arm straight. Remember to keep the head down. Keep your eye on the ball through yeah. this. It's you have to remember so many things, and if one little thing you forget, you can you just lose. So, I I got fifty years in, and I'm still forgetting shit. <laughs> exactly. Now that might be because I've been doing it too long, and I need Prevagen. But you know. <laughs> Every year you learn something new, though. It's true. Um, every freaking week. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It is every week, actually. In this game, anyway. Right. So the Vikings go down. We have the Giants and the Saints under the forty-two. Uh, this one was brutal because at half. We were there. Yeah, we were well, there. It was a solid under. It was a solid under because at halftime the game was seven to seven. That's as, that's as much as of a lock that we can get. But the Saints come out of the second half there to take a 21-10 lead at the top of the fourth. Still feeling pretty good, ab good about it because, again, the Saints, sure. are at, the Saints are home. They're home opener in the Superdome because, you know, they were, they were uh, moved week one because of the hurricane. Should be a rowdy crowd. And they're playing the freaking Giants. Okay. 21-10, fourth quarter. But what do the Giants do? Because it's the NFL. They score a touchdown. They get the two-point conversion. They stall the Saints. And then they kick the game-tying field goal at the end. You know, it's okay. just like. All that has to happen in a matter of 10 minutes of game time. Yeah. You know, Saquon Barkley, you know, breaks loose with a little screen pass and goes down the sideline. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that over should 
you know, that was a that's a bad beat there. That's that a bad that's a bad beat. And the thing that sucks is it was the forty two total. Um, yeah, twenty one twenty one at the end of re- at the end of the regulation, which is the push, obviously. So the only way we come out of this somewhat winners is if the game ends in a tie. So yeah. the odds were not in our favor, but like you said. For all that to happen, the Giants score, get a two-point conversion, stop the Saints, and get the game-tying field goal, I would have loved to know what the odds of us losing that bet were at the time. It had to be the single digits. Had to be. Yeah, yeah. So bad, terrible bad beat there, and that's all, again, part of this. I think we were on the definitely on the right side of that bet, but the bad bets are part of it. We will be on the other side eventually where the ones we should. We'll even out. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that break. And then the best bet, the Rams, minus the four and a half. Um, that's another loser. I still think the Rams are the better team, and I'm chalking this one up to the Rams coming off. That's Tampa Bay win a week ago, hungover as hell on it. I mean, I just don't know what else to say. All I heard in the media was how the, the Rams, are the they're crowning them the Super Bowl champions. Who's going to beat these Rams and then it's just compounded with that, I think, Arizona for the past two weeks. I think they know they were a little bit lucky. They were down to the Jacksonville Jaguars by nine late in that game in week three. And then against the Vikings in week two, the kicker missed the freaking field goal. So that, you know, they're, I think they knew that they're lucky kind of to be undefeated. So they brought everything they had to beat this Rams team coming off that that hangover, right? Yeah, it was like they were – looking ahead a little bit and being a little lazy against Jack there and, 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 you know, did just enough to get by and cover. Um, cause they were looking ahead towards that, uh, that, that um, that's a division game, right? They're off their NFC West. Right? Yeah. Rams, Rams, Cardinal division game, always a battle. Yeah. And, uh, like you said, you know, um, Ram coming off the Tampa win was huge for them. Mm-hmm. And we see know, it all the time in football. That letdown, that 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 big win letdown. You know, normally it's if they were traveling, you know, but they were they remained home. So I discounted that. You know what I mean? Because they stayed home. Yeah. If they had beat Tampa and were traveling, you know, I would have put a little bit more credence into it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we we see this all the time. Every I uh, the one that sticks out in my brain the most is when the the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. The, they played the Minnesota Vikings in the NFC Championship game, and the Vikings had the miracle in Minneapolis the week before. They were saying that, you know, Case Keenum wasn't sleeping, and that's, that's all they talked yeah. about was that win, and there's the huge letdown. The Eagles just waxed their ass in that game. So we see this kind of stuff happen all the time, and it's, again, it's another thing we have to, like, kind of try to remember, like, these types of things that are going on but anyways we finished that week oh by the way your your other advice that you gave out that week the teasers the favorite teasers they were all pretty solid except for the saints right i'm not going to count the titans because anybody that was betting the titans without aj brown or julio jones even in a teaser that's just idiotic the i think the saints were the only ones that weren't that didn't work out every, every other yeah. favorite that you would have teased that was in the six and a half to seven and a half range, I think would have covered. So yeah, it was definitely a teaser week uh, last Sunday. It worked. It, it's we, I, yeah. uh, my one buddy listened to the pod and he teased um, Kansas city with Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay almost lost that game, but it ended up working out. <laughs> yeah. I, I went, I went to the Bay teaser myself, green Bay and Tampa Bay. There you go. The base. Yeah. Love that. So, 
So, okay, so, we, you know, we, we wrap up here week four, oh, and three. It sucks. It's two steps back. But, again, we have so much football. I, say, I keep saying we're one quarter through, but we're really, like, we really still have, like, 3.1 quarters because of the extra game. Yeah, so. <laughs> we'll get the extra game. We'll, yeah. get, we'll yeah. get the extra one there. Uh, you know, no giving up here on this pod. We have that long season to get through. First quarter, yes, indeed, it's been rough. We knew it. Again, we knew it would be. We, we kept saying to be careful through this first couple of weeks. I'm just a little disappointed or down this week because I, you know, week four was my starting point for me. You know, we talked about the reset button and all that last week. So I had high hopes last week and, uh, you know, just a little disappointed. That's all just, you know, all in, right. in, in myself, we got high hopes again this week. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to pull it together and, uh, we're going to pump some winners here. Listen, yeah. just how we like the home dogs on this podcast. We are we're, we are the home dog. We just keep barking. We're gonna come back. We are yep. we are making a comeback. Whether that's the outright win or the backdoor cover by the end of the season, I think we're gonna be on top. We're gonna get there. Yep. All right. So before we get to the picks, I just have to remind the listeners again that I want the boss to give me his top three picks for the weekend. It could be the spread, total, money line, parlay, teasers, whatever he chooses. We're going to get his best three picks every week. But we're going to start in reverse order, meaning that he'll give us his weakest play at three first, and we're going to work our way up to the best bet. So with that, it's time to scan the board, take a ride, get down to the business, and hopefully whack the book. We keep going back and forth between the whacks uh, here in week five. So let's start it off here with the third pick, the weakest pick, but still a strong pick. Should be still a very good play. What do we got for pick number three? Pick number three... Um... It's going to be a little wacky for your listeners. That's what we need. Carrying on, carrying on with the wacky theme. There we go. But um, believe it or not, I'm going in the Tennessee Jack game. I like the over there. I, I know it's trending down. Um, I know it's Tennessee. I know they're, you know, I, I think uh, AJ's playing this week. But Julio, I don't think practiced uh, today yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's listed at questionable. So those, those questionables usually usually play so i'm expecting tennessee to be a full strength yeah as long as they have aj brown in the lineup and not these practice squad squad guys these reynolds westbrooks rogers whoever the hell they are i think we're solid and you know we can still lean on derrick henry that guy is just a a machine like nobody has stopped him yet it's unbelievable yeah he's a machine and i just think jack has a look has now has now finally gotten a little offensive life in them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they got the embarrassment with the coach thing going on with the video. Did you see that? Yeah, it's it pretty wild. Bad, yeah, it I wasn't they, a bad looking blonde. Yeah, <laughs> I think they said it was just weird in general that he didn't fly back with the team. Yeah, like that was weird to start. And yeah, I think he has family there, so he had dinner with his his family. But he, then. On top of it, he didn't go home with his family. He decided yeah. to party with, you know, some, I yeah. guess, were the college kids? Whatever he was doing, you yeah. know. Um, he was doing but, his thing. Um, you know, there, I, you know I, I think it's a bad look for a family man, but I, I, the media is going too far again. Yeah. Like, let him deal with his own personal shit and, at and home. It was, it was and probably that, a setup, too, to be able to film that like that. I mean. Oh, you think you they're know. trying to anyway, get him out of Jacksonville? Yeah. Yeah, moving on. Yeah, he's going to be the USC coach. But yeah, uh, mm, good point, actually. 
but uh, moving on, what 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 ultimately sold me was um, uh, I got the stat that says in Tennessee's last nine away games, the over is eight and one. Okay, good trend right there. Eight and one, uh, last nine on the road. Yeah, for Tennessee, and um, you know, like I said, I think I think Jack is finally going to start showing. Uh, some offensive life. Well, they did. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, it looked like he got it together somewhat last week, right? Uh, was that Thursday right. night football game that we saw? Or, or yeah. Not? Yeah. Thursday night against. They finally figured out how to use him offensively. Right. And, the, and it seems like they're getting the running game back. I think James Robinson is finally getting the, the carries he deserves and he's putting up numbers like he yeah. did last year. So the offenses on both sides, as long again, as long as we have either Julio or A.J. Brown, we don't need both of them. I think we just need one of them. The offenses yeah. on both sides are, are both powerful, and the defenses on you know both sides are terrible still. Right. So Tennessee, I, I don't know what it is now, but they just lost to the Jets last week, and before last week they were giving up an average of 28 points per game. So Tennessee's defense is not good at all. Right. So, so okay, so which is why I'm on the side of over in that game, right? And I like I like the pick. It's over forty eight or forty eight and a half. Uh, she she drifted down from fifty two to forty eight and a half. Okay, so we have the Tennessee Jacksonville Jaguars game over the forty eight and a half. I like it. What is our second lock of the week? Uh, the second lock is going to be um, stat related. Uh, I'm going to this. San Diego, sorry. San Diego. My old school. Sorry. The (laughs) Los Angeles Chargers. Now, they should still be the San Diego Chargers. What a disgrace. They are to me. Yeah. um, What a disgrace. Yeah. So, um, and and the stat that put me over the top for that game is the fact that Cleveland and your boy Baker, Mm -hmm. um, when they go to the West Coast, they're one and nine in their last ten. Ooh, you know why? Those Midwesterners don't get out often. Okay. So they go to the West Coast, whether it's Los Angeles, whether it's San Diego, whether it's Seattle. They like yeah. to go out, check out the scenery, you know. So, um, and the line's small enough. Uh, you know, it's been anywhere from what pick to two, one and a half. Yeah, I'm seeing Chargers minus 1. My look ahead line had the Browns minus 1 though. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's basically it's a pick 'em, right? Um I, uh, my only concern here is, you know, we talk about this on this pod a lot, the the instinct. I saw Chargers minus 1 or even Cleveland minus 1 during the look ahead and I was like, what the hell? Like the way that the the media is talking about the Chargers, the role that the Chargers are on. Justin Herbert is the new king, apparently. He's better than they're they're already saying he's better than Patrick Mahomes, which is just crazy. Um I think I yeah, love he's I, got I, a ways to go. I love to go. Herbert. I think he's great, but let's you know, the media man just gets out of control. And I always like to bet against those storylines a lot, you know? Right. Um and then the Chargers are coming off the short rest as well. That's the only like I just, I don't know. I don't know what to do about this game. Uh, Baker, the news came out that he has the torn labrum in his shoulder. It's his non-throwing shoulder. But, you know, he didn't look good last week. He did not look good at all. Yeah. Hence the reason why they call it gambling and why there's juice. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. You you take Cleveland, I'll take San Diego. That's what happens. And they still make the money. 
Yeah. So, no. <laughs> um, I, I, it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't like the pick. I just don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of like, eh, pass. Yeah. So, so we'll see. You know, it's it, it's up to the run game. Okay. If they go, if the Chargers get out ahead, now Sandy, now Cleveland can't use Chubb and run, run, run. Mm-hmm. Well, they both they both have pretty good run advantages, in my opinion. I, well, I think Cleveland has the best offensive line in football. We've seen Chubb and uh, Hunt just dominate so far this year. And then yeah. last week we saw Austin Eckler have a fantastic game against the Raiders. And they the right. Ra- listen, the Raiders are, in my opinion, on that offense. They're going to continue to do that because John Gruden won't discipline the offense. But the defensive side of the ball for the Raiders isn't that bad. And Eckler still was able to rip off, you know, pretty big plays. So I think both teams in this game have really good run advantages. And and again, I I prefer Herbert, Abair, Herbert, mm-hmm. however Sherbert, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> over over Makefield. So yeah, at home. Um, uh, and honestly, if that's what it comes down to, then I'm going Chargers too because I'm looking at these teams. I'm looking at the advantages on the offensive side, and it looks almost completely even. And if you're asking me what the the tilting point is, it's definitely the quarterback with Herbert versus Mayfield, and I'm taking Herbert all day. So that's pick number two. Pick number two. Okay, so we have Tennessee over 48 and a half. We have the Los Angeles or San Diego Chargers minus the one. And the final, and for the final pick, the best bet, the lock of the week. Again, I'm riding with you all year here. On the best bets, I'm sitting even. I'm sitting at two and two on these best bets. So, hey, I'm not complaining about that. What are we looking at here for the lock of the week? I just think Aaron Rodgers is in a groove right now. I'm rolling. I'm going Green Bay minus the three over Cincinnati. Uh, Even though, even though, even though I'm a, you know, you know how I am with the home dogs. I I know I'm going against my gospel here. Yeah. You know, I have to do it since he's coming off the big win at Pittsburgh. That's a big win for them. Uh, is it? And, I know it's a division. big. I know it's a and big it, division win, but like Pittsburgh is not good this year. No, no, they're not. But similar to what your theory is about, you know, um, like the, the Tampa, the team got beat up by Tampa, and the following week they're hurting. Yeah, but so, Tampa is was undefeated up until that point. Well, I'm just saying that defensive type team that pounds on them the following week. Yeah. They don't have the same juice. And I'm giving Pittsburgh versus Cincy that same type of um, analogy where, you know, Pitt beat them up defensively. Okay. And to your point, too, Cincy's not used to winning. And they're three. They're sitting three and one right now. Right. Where Green Bay, for the last two years at least, has been an what NFC Championship team. Uh, yeah, they're they're used to winning pretty often. So my and, only and fear, like I said, Rogers that week one, he had that long face on with the off season, and he you know you know laid an egg. But since then, he's he's on his tippy toes. He's floating. He's hitting. He's hitting the point. He's he's you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he do last week with? Uh, um, then he do something with the uh, with the you know with juking him at the line of scrimmage, and he was laughing with the coach. I'm the sh- Pittsburgh game, yeah, right? I, Tomlin. I, I didn't see the whole game, but I I know that. I mean, yeah, Tomlin got a timeout in 
and you know him and and, and um, he acknowledged Rogers by you know with looking at him and doing the nod, and Rogers had the smile on and stuff. So, but um, I, I just think Aaron Rodgers is you know rolling right now. You're not going to stop him. Yeah, and I just did a real quick check to see who the Packers are playing the following week just to make sure that it wasn't a look-ahead. Um, right. And they're playing the Bears after the Bengals, so I don't think there's any type of look-ahead here. Actually, the Packers, no. geez, the Packers' schedule is pretty easy. They're playing Chicago, Washington, and then you know before they play Arizona. It's like, ugh. So they're not looking right. ahead towards anything. Um, yeah. What's Cincinnati's uh, game next week? Uh, Cincinnati, after Green Bay, is playing Detroit. Okay, no big deal. So no look ahead for them either. Um, but this one, again, this is another one to me where I saw the line and said, how the hell is Green Bay only minus three? I get that since he's three and one, but they're still the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Uh, because they're on the road. Um, and, uh, you know, since he uh, burrows, uh, you know, appears to be fully recouped, which was a miraculous thing. Yeah, and I'm for him to be playing, coming off of what he and he maybe did, but. and maybe Green Bay's defense isn't as good as I think it is because I'm looking at this stat right here or these they're not stat I guess analytics or whatever the the pass protection for Cincy against Green Bay's front seven is average. It's not like right. it's not below average. It's not it's not like they don't have a crazy advantage. And the same thing for the run. It's average. Like. Yeah. So I, it looks to me that Burrow's going to have just enough time to throw the ball without being smothered, and then it looks like they should be able to somewhat run the ball at a decent rate. And then their wide receivers have it. Uh, Tyler Boyd has a nice advantage this weekend. So, yeah, I don't. I think it, it, I don't know. Like I said, for me, I'm in the camp that right now Aaron Rodgers is rolling. Yeah. He's he's seeing everything. He's dropping the ball right in there on the sideline routes. Um, he's, you know, he, he's doing jump passes. Mm -hmm. He's on his tippy toes, you know, making throws. Um, yeah, and they, their their offensive line has a little bit of advantage over Cincy, but their run, they have a big advantage, I'm saying. Yeah. I'm going to see. So we should see a big game out of Aaron Jones for all you fantasy players and even – uh, AJ Dillon might even get a goal line toter there, but and of course nobody's stopping Devonte Adams. That's a right. that, that guy just produces week in and week out, no questions asked. So yeah, yeah, I think this one's going to be close. Um, <clears throat> but I'm in. This is the this is the boss man best bet. I do not go against the boss man best bet. I will be taking the Green Bay Packers minus the three for sure. And just to recap, we have the Tennessee Titans over the forty eight and a half. And then the San Diego Chargers minus the one as well. Those are the top three. Uh, tough card this week. Tough card. I'm yeah, I'm having uh, a hard time. Up down the card this week. Um, there were, uh, uh, you know, when I did my first scan of the card earlier in the week. Um, you know, just this is just tidbit information. You know, um, I think we talked prior. I was like, you know, how could Caro only be a three over Philly at home? Mm -hmm. That one made me do a double take um yeah which, that's which, but that's what i keep coming to this week it's like with your two picks um like you just said with carolina i'm like how are the chargers only minus one how is green bay only minus three how is carolina only minus three like that's what <laughs> that's why i yeah. think this card is hard sorry i'm choking over here but yeah. uh it's just a tough card the only the only bet i have locked in so far is a teaser because the minnesota vikings opened up on my book as minus seven and a half 
and then I teased it with the Browns, who you know we're going against with the Chargers. But I'm getting the Browns at seven and a half, and what I think should be a close game, obviously as reflected on the spread at the one. Um, so I got the Vikings plus uh, seven and a half, or no, sorry, Vikings minus one and a half, and I have the oh my god, I have the Vikings minus one with the Browns plus seven and a half. That's the only thing I have in so far. That's it. Right. So. So, and the other one that I looked at with a crooked eye was uh, New England giving nine to Houston. Yeah. Um, that's a lot. That, that's a lot. And, and I and I always look at the total to help guide me a little bit. With that low total down, it opened up with my infamous pit, the Pitt-Denver game and New England-Houston both opened at my 41-and-a-half line. Right. And both- but, they, but they've drifted down. Okay, you know, if it stayed 41 and a half, those those two unders would have been on my picks. Yeah. But because it's drifted down to 39 and a half, I'm off it. But they're trying to suck you into the over people. You know, don't be afraid to stick with the under there, especially Denver and Pitt with those defense, especially the Denver defense. Um, Well, and. It's it's interesting you talk about um, when you look at a spread, you use the total to guide you because if you are in the boat of wanting to take the New England Patriots minus the nine and you look at that total of 39 and a half, your really only option here is for a New England blowout. That's what they're saying. Otherwise, yeah, shut out. Like, right, like, like that's know. your only option because if, if, Texas, if the Houston Texans go tit for tat with the Patriots – that's, they're not they're not going to cover that nine not even right. close so it's like a, it, they're correlated with each other is what you're saying so yeah and you know I, I you know i i almost made houston one of my picks because you know new england's coming off of that brady return game right mm-hmm. and all that emotion and everything that went on uh, for the Sunday night game. Very good point, yes. Um, and they almost so, lost. Uh, okay. So But all that, you know. yes, all the all the media drama, um, all the talking yeah. with Bill Belichick and the owner Robert Kraft, just all in his press conference, all the questions he was asked about yeah. returning to New England. It's very emotional. Uh I, I almost talked myself into but, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. Um, I like these other three plays better. I almost was going to go to a fourth play mm-hmm. um, and, and use Houston as, as, you know, you know, I'm the home dog fan. Mm-hmm. So, my only, you know. my only concern with, with taking Houston is the quarterback. Uh, of course. So it's just like, that's really what you're betting on. If you're taking Houston, you're either trusting Davis mills that he won't implode and throw, you know, However many interceptions against Bill Belichick defense, we know what his record is against rookie quarterbacks. Well, and and, and Belichick's being so careful with uh, Mac Jones, it, 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 it's time for him to have a uh, Mac Jones to have some mistakes to let him let him rip it. I feel like when when they let him loose a little bit against Tampa is when he started playing his best. Yeah, and we saw that actually with the Jets quarterback. They're letting him rip it now, and then they got their first win against the Titans. So. You gotta you gotta take the training wheels off these quarterbacks at some point. So. Well, and speaking of which, you got uh, you got Justin Fields named the starter for for Shy now. Yeah, I'm uh, actually thinking but, about making that yeah. one of my picks there. The Raiders they they seem like 
hot start and they're starting to unravel and go back to their normal. Even though that defense is still strong, I think that offense is going back to that. You know, yeah. John Gruden on discipline. I, I just never watched a football team look so unorganized sometimes. Yeah. Like in crucial moments of the game, they're so unorganized and they're getting flagged all the time. That that tackle, okay. Leather Leatherwood or Leatherhead, whatever the hell his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy, he has to have double digit uh, false starts already this year. Yeah, it's insane. So, yeah. but okay, yeah, you know. But the best game on the board this week is Buff KC. I mean, that, that's going to be a great Sunday night game, um, and hopefully it lives up to the billing. It should be a back and forth or yeah, um, but. Well, if anything, you know, I think Buff defense can stop Mahomes on one or two drives, and um, KC can't stop anybody. Come on, Philly put four touchdowns up on them. Yeah, you know, five and, point and game at one point. Called back, so you know, I, I was really liking uh, Circle the Wagons, Buffalo Bills. So, gun to head, we're taking the Buffalo Bills plus the two and a half, huh? Or it might be three by the time kickoff comes around. Uh, yeah, and she's drifted down. If I if, if if I were to give that game out or play that game, I'd be taking the points. Um, and the total doesn't scare me. It 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 should be like a freaking pinball machine that game, yeah. up and down, up and down. So. Um, a little bit of a uh, revenge also for the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, after that showing in the I think it was the AFC was it divisional or championship game where Buffalo yeah, just got last, routed last playoffs. Yeah. I think it was the I don't I just don't remember if Cleveland I know the Chiefs obviously they went to the Super Bowl. I just don't remember who the Chiefs played in the division divisional and yeah. championship round. But anyway, Buffalo was eliminated by Kansas City in the playoffs and there was an absolute routing. Yeah. After that big miraculous 13 and 3 season, Buffalo just got destroyed by Kansas City. So Buffalo is definitely going to be up for this game looking for a little bit of a revenge and who knows maybe they'll get it. Yeah, and it is the highest total on the board this week at 56 and a half, I'm saying. Yeah, but that Buffalo defense is strong, so they they can stop Mahomes once or twice, I think. Um mm-hmm. uh, giving them the advantage uh cuz Kansas City can't stop anybody. Yeah. Right. So all right. Well, I, it's funny. I feel like every time we talk about these off-the-cuff ones outside of the three, the, those ones have been like locks for sure. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, we're just trying to give your uh, listeners and followers uh, yeah. some information for them to mull over and make their own decisions, people. Yeah. So. Well, we're getting a, we're going to get a nice bounce back this weekend. Um, you know, and as always, boss man, thanks for coming on the pod. And also a shout-out to boss man's daughter who just got married this last weekend. I was yep. in the wedding, part of the wedding. It was a beautiful scene up there in Montauk, uh, New York. Um, so congratulations, boss man. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, that may so so we'll use as, a, as an excuse Ed, that we were distracted <laughs> going into the. I know. don't think so. We we made our picks on Thursday. We didn't go up there till Friday. Well, you know, we were distracted <laughs> with all the preparation that prep, goes into the, an event such right, as that. Right, the so. prep distraction. Hey, we're just like these football teams. You know, the slightest thing can give us a distraction. So, But this week, we're back in it. I mean, I'm still recovering a little bit. That was a that was quite the party <laughs> of a wedding. Um, I just f- felt very sluggish all week long. Um, <laughs> but we're getting back. We're getting back on track this weekend. I got a good feeling. Yes, we are. And, um, you know, again, um, Chargers – versus Cleve, because uh, Cleveland out on the West Coast is 1-9 in their last 10. 
Uh, Tennessee over their last nine away. Mm-hmm. The over is eight and one. And Green Bay, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is rolling right now. Rolling so, right now with yeah. that, with the lettuce flowing out of the back of his helmet. There you go. <laughs> it's just on fire. Yeah. But okay. all right. So that about wraps up this segment here. And I loved all the other advice that you have given us. Um, that again, has seemed to be hitting last week was the favorite teaser down. I think the week before that was the Patriots, uh, just the team total that hit. So a lot of these off the cuff, uh, you know, bets. I hope the listeners are paying attention to and just look into that a little bit further because, you know, we've been hitting on a lot of those. Too bad it doesn't reflect in the record, but, you know, yeah. it is what it is. So, so one of these weeks, we're going to have to cover the board eh, for your listeners and dissect every game. Yeah, we're going to have to do that for sure. But, all right. Again, thanks for coming on. Always my favorite segment every single week. I love recording these with you on Thursday. And uh, let's go get a winner this weekend. Let's go get it. And uh, we'll talk to you next weekend, too. Pump it in, baby. All right. We'll talk to you. All right, Ant. Well, that closes it out for our show today. Everybody go out and enjoy your weekends. Enjoy week five of NFL regular season football. As always, go get those fantasy football wins. Go cash those tickets. Do whatever you need to do to make sure you have a fantastic weekend. And we will see you next week here on Fantasy NFL Today.